Tumbling Saber team is proud to present Worthy of Recognition, a look at the names and faces that make Star Wars an unforgettable experience and an integral part of our lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Worthy of Recognition, where we take a look at the faces and people that define our Star Wars experience. And with me this week, all the way from Pennsylvania, it's Mr. Cantocast himself. It is Mr. Jeffrey Fishback. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Awesome. So let's let's just get right down to it here. We are a week out from The Last Jedi. I can barely contain myself. I'm sure you can't yeah. either. How you feeling? What? How are the? How's how's the excitement level? Uh, pretty high, pretty high. I, I'm at, I'm at the point where I just don't want to see any more TV spots. Just just give me the movie and I'll be all good. Yeah, well, there was that. Um, there was an, an international trailer that that snuck out. I think on Monday of this week. And yeah. I, I was tempted. I was gonna do it because it, it claimed to have a bunch of new shots, new footage, new dialogue. I held off. I yep. haven't looked, so we won't be talking about that on the podcast. I haven't heard yeah, anything I specific. Yeah, man, it's it's. I'm just about ready to go on blackout. Yeah, yeah. But, I guess the last TV spot I saw is the one that had all the Porg haters happy, where Chewie pushes the Porg off the dashboard. The, <laughs> the Porg abuse. Yeah. I, I, I just I found it funny. I mean, I'm not a pork hater, but I just found that funny. I don't understand how somebody can hate the pork already. I don't know. You haven't even seen them yet. Come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, John Boyega doesn't seem to like them. He outright admitted it on Kimmel last week, but right. he's he's got a different experience. I mean, we've we've barely got to see these things in a couple right. trailers and TV spots and stuffed animals. I, I think people that hate on porgs are doing so just to be contrarian. Get on, get on the Porg Nation train. Yeah, why not? So, what are your plans for the Last Jedi? Do you have any grand plans? Are you going opening night, or just you're going to take your time and go see it when the crowd dies down? Um, I would like to go see it opening night, but I said this on my podcast. Um, my brother turns fifty this year, and his birth, his actual birthday is the thirteenth. So, of course, his wife's having a party for him that weekend. Oh, boy. So, I, I am not available on the 15th or the 14th. So, we are going on that Sunday. I think it's the 17th. Yeah. So, okay. And so, I, you, your, bo- yeah. your blackout will have to last a couple days longer. Yeah. And, I'm, yeah, I'm taking, my wife and I are taking all, all my nieces and nephews with us to see it so oh boy before it was just <laughs> me and my two older nephews and now my wife came up with the idea this year well take let's take them all so how many is all um let me see i got two nephews three nieces so five well, okay that's a full car full truck yeah we're we're, we're not taking the the two youngest ones I have another younger nephew and niece, but they're a little bit too young to see it, so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit intense for, for the younger viewers, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, but that's 
we're that's their Christmas present from their uncle and aunt. We're taking them all to see the movie. So that's one hell of a gift, man. I know. <laughs> you want, want want to be my uncle? <laughs> yeah. After my wife, you know, ran the figures in her head. She goes, "You know how much this is gonna cost us?" And yeah, like, well, yeah, but it's Star Wars. Going going to movies is not uh, it's not it's not a cheap night anymore. No, I told her I said, "Yeah, but it's Star Wars." Yeah, once a year, you make the exception. Yeah. And and of course, actually, our movie theater around here too is the only movie theater I believe in our general vicinity that has the big, nice leather reclining chairs. And let me tell you, that makes it so much better. Oh, I bet. No, yeah, yeah, of course. I always joke that you do not want to see a long, boring movie in that theater or you will fall asleep. Well, you know, if you go for a big, nice big dinner before you go to the movie, yeah, you get a little drowsy in there and hey, out you go. Yeah, make sure you... <laughs> There you go. I, I should have went to the movies after Thanksgiving. That's what I should have done. Oh, man. Could have got my nap there. Oh, naps. They're the best, except unless you're at a Star Wars movie. Right. Then you need the toothpicks. Yeah. All right, so let's step into the show proper here. Uh, we're here to talk about your Star Wars experience, Jeffrey. So you're an original trilogy era fan. Uh, mm -hmm. So before we get into the, your four faces of Star Wars... um. Let's let's quickly touch on your your Star Wars origin story. So I, I imagine you were a small boy who just got wrapped up in the original era buzz. Is is that sort of halfway accurate? Yeah. Um, I don't remember who actually told me about the movie. I can't remember if it was my dad or my uncle, but one of them told me about you know this, you know space movie coming out. You know, that they thought I would really enjoy because, you know, I used to, as a little kid, I used to sit in front of TV and watch the original Star Trek reruns of the original Star Trek series. And I was like, I'm like, okay. And we were, I think it was the middle of the summer of 77. We were down in Nags Head, North Carolina on our annual family vacation. And I, my brother and I kept bugging my dad to take us to see Star Wars. So we finally took the whole family out to see Star Wars that night. And that was the first night I saw it. And when I got back from vacation, I remember bugging my uncle to take me to see it again. <laughs> so they, they knew right there that I was, you know, I was a lost cause. Yeah, hooked. Absolutely yeah. hooked. That, that's one so, question I always wonder. Like if if you have the opportunity to ask those family members way back, you know, talking about forty years ago, for me it was introduced to me in, in the mid '80s, and I I always want to ask my parents, like, did you know what you were doing at that time? Would you have still shown us Star yeah. Wars at that age if you knew the the sick obsession it would become for for us for so many people around the world? Yeah. I, I wonder if they would have been like, no, this is going to warp their minds. They're going to become obsessed as as adults. This is crazy. Yeah. But uh, here we are. The, the, the wills of the force have, have brought us to this place where a, a movie made for children is yeah. like it dominates our our day to day. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I was one of the kids in I think it was the Christmas of '78 that they had that. Um, oh man, what they call it the the pre order thing where you only got you know a notice in the mail saying you were going to be receiving 
the original, you know, set of action figures because they weren't out yet in time for Christmas. And they, you know, gave you this, they mailed you this like little package that had this fold out showing you the pictures of the figures you were going to get. They weren't even the actual figures yet. I got one of those for Christmas one year. Oh man. And I wish I still had that because I hear it's worth a little bit of money. It's yeah, it's worth a pretty penny. <laughs> but of course, when I got the figures, I didn't care about that piece of cardboard. So Wow. Yeah, I have the the remake that they did I think in 2006 or 2007. Yeah. Which is really, I mean, it's a faithful rep, uh, reproduction of it, but ain't nothing like the real thing. No. Boy, but, boy. Yeah, I got last next couple of Christmases my mom was just, you know, she would hand me that Sears catalog and she knew what I was, you know, earmarking what pages. I was earmarking the all the pages that had the Star Wars toys on them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely have memories of that. Sort of when I when I was kind of coming of age, you know, the prime of my my toy life. I do remember sort of the last years of Star Wars toys on the pegs, and I do remember flipping open those catalogs and seeing little dioramas. Oh, I want all this and I want all that, and then on the next page, of course, GI Joes. Transformers and right. What's a boy to do in the '80s with all those crazy, amazing toys? Yeah, I think it was all the way up to Christmas of '83. Actually, I was still getting Star Wars toys. So, yeah, it was. I, I, that, that was a time that you know. That's why I really don't mind the Star Wars movies coming out at Christmas because, to me, Christmas is Star Wars for me because that's when I got all my toys. So. Yeah, it's it's funny how that's kind of happened. You know, Star Wars has always been a May thing, and when they, yeah, when, yeah, when they when was TFA was was supposed to be, was, right. that, was that ever supposed to be in May? If memory yeah, serves, I think it back. was. Yeah, and JJ had it pushed back, and now he had nine pushed back, so we're getting them all in December. So it's it's sort of weird how I, I remember that first reaction to the Force Awakens being pushed back to December, and it was sort of like, oh, yeah. But, it kind of disappointed me at first, but then when I started the tradition back for TFA when I took my two nephews, and then last year when I took them to see Rogue One, I said, hey, this could become a Christmas tradition. I told my one nephew, Danny, I said, hey, you're, you're home, you know, for college. You know, take you to the Star Wars movie every Christmas. I said, that'd be cool. So just become our Christmas tradition. Yeah, it didn't take long for that to really take hold over fandom. Like that that's exactly what it's become for for so many now. And when when there was talk of, you know, this there's a current conversation going on about Han Solo, is it going to move? Is it going to stay? I I I'd right. like it selfishly to move. Right. But it's not going to. Like I I kind of really do yeah. dig the whole Christmas tradition of it now. Granted it's 2 years in. Right. 3 years. I guess we're on the cusp of 3 years, but it's it's really I think it's it's great it's it's sort of it's it's really taken the the limelight from Christmas itself yeah and, and you know jacked it back like ten days further right yeah I'm I'm kind of surprised actually because I I would like like you I would like console to get pushed back because I don't know if I'll be down from the last Jedi high by May exactly just go, go see Solo I mean I'll be like Okay, yeah, I'm seeing another Star Wars movie. I'm happy, but I'm still jazzed about the Last Jedi. Yeah, I, mean, I just I, bought it on Blu-ray. I'm watching it. 
Exactly. So. Yeah, the the Blu-ray will will have been out for you know five six weeks at that point. We're still going to be right. so jazzed up and looking through through the DVD extras. Yeah. And then we're going to get Han Solo, and it's going to be you know, our friends at the Nerd Room were were hitting hard on this that we're still going to be getting waves of the Last Jedi toys, and then Han Solo toys are going to hit the peg hit the pegs. It's going to be so weird. Yeah. But you know, uh-huh. these are first world problems, and yeah. <laughs> it is it is a, a heck of a time to be a Star Wars fan, right? All right, so let's let's jump into your four faces of Star Wars here. Okay, it can be in order; it doesn't have to be in any order at all. Uh, but uh, hit hit us with your first face or name or character or pet or whatever it is you've got lined up. Right. Okay, my first one would be Mark Hamill slash Luke Skywalker. Now there's there's a name I've not heard in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean for Mark Mark Hamill just because he he is one he is one of the actors that embraces Star Wars and their fans. He would do. It seems like he would do anything for one of his you know fans of Star Wars. Absolutely. Some, Did you hear the story that's passing time? around this week about Mark Hamill? Yeah. Where he, where a, a terminally ill boy, his di- one of his dying wishes was to meet Luke Skywalker, not Mark Hamill, but Luke Skywalker, and so some oh, calls wow. were made, and Mark Hamill immediately said, "I'll do it," and so he met up with this with this little kid, and sat with him for hours and just answering questions and hanging out with this kid as Luke Skywalker. Wow, that's awesome stuff. Yeah, that that is because I'm because I've said it before on some other podcasts and my own podcast that Luke Skywalker was my childhood hero. And now that I've gotten older, you know, he's still sort of my childhood hero, but actually Mark Hamill himself has become like my hero just because, you know, the stuff that he does for fandom for star Wars and other fandoms too, because he has that, he had that, I guess it was a web series that he went to fans' houses and checked out their collections of toys and comics and whatnot. I mean, that would be awesome if Mark Hamill would show up here to my house, but, you know, all I really have to show him is probably his original Kenner action figure and how beat up it is. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I would... That's one. That's That's one thing I would like to accomplish is on my bucket list is to meet Mark Hamill one day. So same here. Yeah. Mark Hamill slash Luke Skywalker has, you know, definitely up there at the top for me. Yeah. I think that's probably a, a common thread for a lot of star Wars fans, especially OT era fans. Now, um, you're a Kevin Smith fan. Yes. Did do you listen to the fat man on Batman podcast? I I was a regular listener for a long time, but sadly that was one of one of his that I stopped listening to regularly just because lately not that I don't like like it, but now they talk more about like other stuff where before they talked about Batman a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of all over but, the place now, right? Yeah, but I do listen to it from time to time, yeah. Well, if you if you had not heard Mark Hamill's talk on that podcast, go back and listen to that. I think I 
Yes, that's when I was still a regular listener. Oh. I remember him being on there. I think he had a two-parter. Yeah, it was. It's a two-part. So state. three hours of Mark yeah. Hamill. It is. So anybody listening who's not heard that conversation between Kevin Smith and Mark Hamill, it will make if you're if you're not already in love with Mark Hamill and the way he embraces his role in fandom and just his his stature as a pop culture icon, go back and listen to those interviews. It's they're both so good. He's just such a great storyteller. So yeah. worth the time. Yeah, and actually he's made me Mark Hamill's even made me just because of Mark, I mean, back in, I think it was 78, year after Star Wars came out, he had a movie called Corvette Summer. And I bugged my parents to take me to see that just because Luke Skywalker was in it. Yeah, it's pretty funny, right? Like, these these and, actors and characters that we've come to love so much, whenever they do something different, we, we still kind of, we kind of have this little uh, rooting interest in it. We want them to do well, no matter right. what it is. Yeah, I was just like, wow. I mean, I couldn't, I can't even remember the storyline of Corvette Summer, but I had to see it just because he was in it. Yeah, the Star Wars completionist strikes. Yep. <laughs> All right, so your second face, Mark Hamill being the first and most important. Let's go with number two. Number two, I would have to say it would be Darth Vader. Hmm. The iconic, I mean, you don't even have to be a Star Wars, you know, fan or, you know, you could be a casual fan. You cannot even be a fan at all, but you see that that shot of his mask and you know where he's from. Someone that's never seen Star Wars before could probably go, hey, oh, that's that dude from that movie Star Wars. Yeah, if you see his mask. And nothing else, you know is you know who it is. If you hear his voice and don't see anything else, you know that voice. If you see, if you hear the line, or hear the breathing, or see the lightsaber, you know who that is. Right. Yeah, he's just so iconic. He was one of the first movie villains that actually scared me as a seven, eight year old. So he he has to be up there. Plus my my mom, when I was younger, she took a lot of ceramic classes, and she actually made me a ceramic Darth Vader nightlight. That's amazing. Which I wish I still had, but unfortunately, when my wife and I moved into the current house we're living in now, I went to take it out of the box, and it kind of just like broke right in my hands. Oh. Because it was so fragile. Oh, man. And I told my mom that, and she just kind of laughed and said, it's no big deal. I'm like, not for you. I said, it's a big deal for me. Yeah, there's there's often a huge amount of sentimental value attached to these things. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if our parents realize that. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I told her, I said, I, she was surprised I still had it, actually. She didn't even know I still had it. Yeah, I, I said, think oh, our yeah. parents would be very surprised to see the things we keep over the years. I mean, I told her, I said, yeah, I said, I actually had it when I first moved out of my parents' house and moved into my first apartment with my roommate. I I put it up in our, I set up on top of our TV stand in our living room. And he just kind of looked at me and goes, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. He was like, and then 
because at first I thought we were going to have a problem. But no, he goes, I said, yeah, I'm serious. And he was like, all right. He goes, that's cool. So I was like, oh, okay. Whew. Didn't want to have to, you know, tell him he's going to have to find a, another apartment. <laughs> it's a must. It's a must. I mean, that's right. When you have a Star Wars obsession, if you're anything like me, like you kind of just have to come out with it, whether you're moving in with, with a, a buddy or a stranger or your girlfriend, whatever it is, you kind of just have to say, this is me. Look at all this yep. Star Wars stuff. You got if you take me, you take this, and that that's yep. that's the way it is. You know, I was I was lucky. My well, my wife knew I was into Star Wars when I met her, but since I've met her now, she's she she actually will sit down and watch the movies with me, and she she'll actually get in the conversations with me, like I, I hear on the podcasts I listen to, and I kind of dig it. You know, that's why actually when Tristan, my co-host for the Canto cast, when I saw his post on Twitter that he was looking for a a co-host to start a new Star Wars podcast, I jumped all over it. I just wanted to, you know, finally be a part of it and, you know, actually talk about it every week. Yeah, it's an but addictive lucky. bug. Once you get bit by it, my oh my, it it does yeah. not let go easily. No, so, it does. So Darth Vader is is he? I mean, we're, we're kind of preaching to the choir here. So there's going to be some home cooking, I think. But uh, is he the most iconic villain of all time? Oh, I believe so. I really can't think of another one. I mean, I'm I know there are other ones, but. To me, when I think iconic villains, he's the first one that jumps into my head. I guess the second one that jumps into my head would be Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter is a really good one. The Wicked Witch of the West is pretty iconic, but when when someone you know iconic villain to me, I look at maybe villains that have been in multiple movies. That's why it's it's really hard for me to think. Of one other than Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah he, he kind of spread his terror, I guess, over a couple movies. But it, you know what? It's, yeah. The funny thing about Vader, I think, is that it's always the implication of what he's done rather than, than what we've seen. Because when you think right. about it, in the OT, he doesn't really do anything that terrifying. He, he kills Obi-Wan. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> he shoots down a few rebel pilots. And in Empire, he kills more of his own men than anything. Right. And in Jedi, he's 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 a downright softy. Yeah. And the only guy he takes out is his own boss. Right. And, <laughs> and by that time, Luke's already in his head. And, so. and yeah, and by that point, it's Anakin. It's not Vader anymore. So, yeah, kind of crazy to think that for all the, the terror and, and what is it, intimidating figure that he is. Right. It's everything is sort of in that look and in the sound of his voice and what you think he's done, what's implied that he's done. Yeah. It's, it's not really what you see him do until of course, if you, you know, if you read the comics, he's, he's pretty brutal. And if you read, uh, or if you see, obviously in rogue one, he's pretty brutal, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not until recent years where we're starting to see that, that butcher, that right. real terrible person that Darth Vader really was. I guess we got that a little bit in Revenge of the Sith, but that was still minus the bodysuit. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, would, 
definitely Actually, the most iconic say, villain, I think. I would even say, um, uh, if, if I would have to name like a couple more iconic villains, I would even say Biff from oh. Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. I think we talked about that once on an, on an old Sith Disturbers, one of our favorite villains. And yeah, Biff is right there yeah, for me. I think he he was num- he's yeah. my number two. Biff Tannen was my number two. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. That guy is just yeah. the the best. And I mean, of course, it's it's a movie with no stakes in that regard. Right. Just just the space time continuum. But with regards to the antagonist in Biff, oh boy, yeah. was 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 he ever well played by Thomas Wilson? Oh, I know. Until you said that, I was like, I was like, yeah, that's right. And it was one of the servers where you guys were going over villains. Oh boy, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> All right, so Darth Vader. Do you have any any favorite Darth Vader moments? Um, yeah, I, Revenge of the Sith. There at the end, his battle with Obi Wan, and a lot of people will say, "Well, he was still Anakin." Technically, no, he wasn't. <laughs> right when Palpatine said from henceforth or from whatever he said, you'll be known as Darth Vader. Yeah, he that's was it. Darth Vader. That's without Darth Vader. The, yeah, without the costume. But yeah, that would be one of one of them when he was battling Obi Wan because there he he was kind of we we're talking about like how brutal you know he wasn't in the OT. There I think he was his most brutal. I mean, even though, you know, you made the mistake there at the end of the battle, Obi-Wan had the high ground. <laughs> How many memes have popped up for, about the high ground? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank but, God for the internet. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, Revenge of the Sith and probably New Hope right there at the beginning where he just makes his first entrance. Walks through that doorway with the, with the smoke coming around him. Yep. All the white hallways, the white floor, and then this big black mountain of a man. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. Yeah, and really, Revenge of the Sith, when when you see him as Darth Vader, but, you know, air quotes, Anakin, get up. Right. It's, you know, he he slaughters children and he he chokes his pregnant wife. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. that's, That's really brutal stuff. Yeah. Really brutal stuff. Think about that. So, so, so some might say he did his most brutal, probably before he even got injured and disfigured and had to be in the suit. It's quite possible. There's still a lot of things to learn about Darth Vader, I think, or at least right. see. I mean, I don't know how much there is left to learn about the guy. He's everywhere. But, uh, wow, yeah. Nope. Killing kids is about as, as bad as it gets, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let, uh, let's. I mean, we we skipped over Luke's. You have any, what's your favorite Luke moment? Um, favorite Luke moment. I was gonna joke and say the end of uh, TFA, but <laughs> um, you can sneak in the Rebels moment as well from uh, Twin Sons. Oh yeah, a little you know figure running across the desert. Yeah. Um, probably in A New Hope, where he comes out and he's staring at the Twin Sons. Yeah, the binary sunset. Yeah, that that was one of, I mean, even as a seven, eight year old, when I saw that scene, I was like, you know, 
that that was me in a nutshell when I was a kid. I had a lot of teachers tell me I, I daydream too much, so that was me. You grew up in Pennsylvania or North Carolina? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So you're, you've been there basically your whole life. Yep. All right. So that's we're, we're at the midway point. Let's move ahead into your third name or face of your Star Wars experience. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, uh, actually, Obi-Wan Kenobi slash Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that was, I was just about to say, does it matter? Is there an iteration of Obi-Wan that, that you're talking about? But So, the Ewan McGregor version. Yes. I, I know that, you know, some of my OT brethren are probably, you know, starting to click unfollow on me on Twitter. <laughs> but it it has it has to be him. He's he's the one hit his iteration of Obi-Wan's the one we've seen the most. The one we you know we got to know the most. So without doubt with considering live action, yeah, for sure. Otherwise yeah. I would say uh, the J- James Arnold Taylor in screen was, time yeah, I was going to bring him up too. Yeah, he, you know, he, plus Ewan played him so well. Oh, so well. I just, I was like, you know, because when I was a kid, I wasn't even a big fan of Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan when I was a kid. I was just like, ah, you know, he's just the guy that got Luke off the planet, you know, and started on his journey, then he dies. But, when I got to see Ewan in the prequels, I was like, yes, and I, I re- I'm really digging Obi-Wan now. You know, I know more about him. I got to see, you know, where where he got his training from and who he got his training from. So, yeah, I mean, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan was pretty big for me because I wasn't even a big fan of the character of Obi-Wan until 99 until the prequels. Yeah. Cause well, George Lucas had, you know, he, he wanted to hire actors in a new hope that had some gravitas to them. So we got Peter Cushing and Sir Alec Guinness, but for, you know, for you as, as what a nine year old went, when uh, a new hope dropped. Yeah. Who, who's Alec Guinness? Yeah. yeah. You know, he means nothing to me. And when I first saw a new hope, Okay, he's just this old guy who can't really sword right. fight very well and gets chopped down for his for his poor efforts. Okay. Oh, right. and it turns out he lies a lot to Luke. What a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. But to see him, to see th- how he became General Kenobi and to see the reputation that he built up. Right. That's Ewan McGregor. Yeah. And of yeah. course, Ewan McGregor would, would defer to Sir Alec Guinness, I suppose. And I, I, maybe that's only proper, but it it yeah, Ewan McGregor did a lot to... Uh, cement himself right there with you know when you think of Obi Wan, what do you think of? It's tough right. for me now, and especially yeah. if they do that standalone, right? Oh, jeez. If, if yeah, they if they do the standalone, it has to be Ewan, or they made a big mistake. <laughs> it's so. it has got to be Ewan. I don't think there's any other way to do that. Yeah, no other and way to do that. People that say, oh, he 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 couldn't. You know, battle with a lightsaber 
you know, after they saw New Hope, go back, go go and watch Revenge of the Sith. That's that's how Obi Wan fights. Well, he, you know, in, up until Twin Suns, he's he still got the hands. Right. He may not have the foot speed anymore, but he he still has those hands. Yeah. Like if if you ever played hockey against an old NHLer, they right. don't they don't run so well or skate so well anymore, but. You know, from experience, I can tell you that they still have the hands. They still have the shot. It's it's remarkable right. that that muscle memory kind of doesn't leave you. Right. And I and I, I still say that Obi-Wan never planned on getting off that Death Star alive. He, I think he knew he was going there to actually die at the hands of Darth Vader. And... When he saw the opportunity to show, you know, to sacrifice himself in front of Luke, you know, he took it. And show Luke, you know, he, here, he, here's what's possible with the Force. Right, because everyone, you know, they they talk about it now. They talk about it now. He disappeared before Vader even struck him. <laughs> so. Yeah, so he really masters that trick. Of disappearing right. into the force, he he masters it super well. Yeah, I was like, wow, because there's, yeah, you know, I never believed it, you know. And when I first started hearing about that, it's like, oh no, if you look real close, he looks like he disappears even before he struck, you know, he got struck. You know, now when I watch it, I cannot not see that. <laughs> oh yeah, Vader's uh, Vader's saber connects with nothing. Right, empty robe. It's, That's all he gets. Yep. And that's why Vader can't believe it. He's, he's stepping on the robe going, what, what has just happened here? Yeah, where'd you go? <laughs> but and, and Obi-Wan warned him, right? I'll become more possible, more powerful than you can possibly imagine. That's right. He warned him. Although, you know, Vader being the Sith probably has no idea what that means. Right. Uh, any favorite Obi-Wan moments? I guess uh, you, you did say the, the battle with, with Anakin. Or, Dar- excuse me, Darth Vader. Uh, yeah, that would, yeah, I said that for my, one of my Darth Vader moments, but yeah, that's probably one of my favorite Obi-Wan moments, that, and actually probably just the whole beginning of Phantom Menace, actually, where he's just like sort of cracking jokes with Qui-Gon and, you know, it was just so refreshing to see that, yeah. Obi-Wan was, you know, a young, you know, young punk, you know, before he was this wise master, you know, cracking jokes and... He, he was a young man once. That This could be, this could be just, you know, just after his days with uh, Satine. Right. And cracking the jokes, you know, with, you know, Qui-Gon saying, you were right about one thing, master. The negotiations were short. Yeah, there's yeah. there's some of that yeah. old Obi-Wan wit there. Right, so. Well, if yeah, anything, man. I think Obi Wan. You know, people say what can say what they want about the prequels, but uh, Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi Wan in the prequels has has got to be an absolute t- top three bright spot bright spot of those movies. Yeah, and even in um, Attack of the Clones, one of my favorite Obi Wan moments too is right when they go in, him and Anakin can go into the that club there on Coruscant. And where are you going, master for a drink? 
and he goes off for his drink and you know the whole thing with the death sticks i i found very funny so yeah it's just the i guess you would call it dry wit or humor of his portrayal i really enjoy well that's what makes obi-wan kind of relatable i mean some of these jedi just seem so out of touch and not people that you could ever see yourself hanging with if that's even a, right. a, a, a realistic thought but obi-wan you can like if you know people ask all the time oh, who would you like to go have a beer with in the star wars galaxy young obi-wan is right near the top of that list yep and i suppose his master qui-gon probably be right there as well probably but beyond that now you're looking at non-force guys like han or lando or you know poe those right. are guys that you'd probably want to sit down and have a drink with but yeah. um no, as, as far as Force users go, maybe begins and ends with Obi-Wan. The rest just seem kind of too out there. Right. All right. Three inarguable faces there, Jeffrey. <laughs> you can't yeah. find fault with any any of those. Not that there's any wrong answers here. Uh, but let, let's pull up the rear. Who is your fourth face on your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars? It would have to be Yoda. Can't my... My, I was talking with us about this subject with my wife today, and she was. She said she goes, "Oh yeah." I was telling her who I was definitely going to be picking, and before I even said it, she was like, "You can't leave Yoda off." And I was like, "I never said I was leaving Yoda off. <laughs> I said I was going in order for you." So, but yeah, I can't, you know, have a Mount Rushmore of Star Wars with a hat without having his little green face up there because one, he was one of my favorite characters when I was a little kid. And unfortunately he really didn't stay one of my favorite characters as as I got older. But as a little kid, you see the little Muppet, you know, Yoda and immediately you're attracted to it. Plus, you know, he is the, quote, wisest and the most powerful Jedi ever. So there that connects, you know, him with Star Wars right there with, you know, being the most powerful Jedi. So have to have him there. No, yeah, that's, again, the Grandmaster Yoda. Uh, Do you think we're going to see Yoda in The Last Jedi? Hmm. I have a sneaking suspicion we will just because of the rumors of Frank Oz way back when being over there on set. Yeah. I think we might see his force ghost because everyone was saying, you know, force ghost, you know, Anakin force ghost, you know, Yoda. Yeah. People are even I talking was... about force ghost Obi-Wan. It was, was going to be like a yeah. for, force ghost smorgasbord over there. I I personally would like to see all three of them, but I I am I was really hoping for either Anakin or Yoda because right when they had they made the announcement that Hayden Christensen was going to be at Celebration, I was like, and it was his first you know celebration for a long time. Absolutely, I was like there has to be a reasoning for them to ask Hayden to come back. Could he actually have a, 
you know, quick spot in The Last Jedi or even in Episode Nine. That's right. So, I, yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. There was a bunch of fandom chatter about that. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna pull him out and announce that he's in The Last Jedi. Oh boy, oh boy. Right. But then I then you know after celebration everything went quiet about that rumor. But I'm still holding out hope that we will see both Yoda and Anakin. Maybe Yoda appears to uh, Ray, and Anakin actually appears to Luke. You know, separate scenes or something like that. But they're going on at the same time in the movie. But, you know, or, hey, have them together. Have Yoda and Anakin both talking to Ray, you know, you know, trying to set her straight because we know she's going to have a struggle in this movie about trying not to go dark. So, oh, I'm getting shivers just thinking about that. Don't yeah, do it, Ray. Don't do it. That's one thing I do not want to see, but it would be compelling though wouldn't it isn't what doesn't yeah. that make for a great story to put to make exactly. us uncomfortable like that as i mean as long as she comes back right i think it's yeah, they, maybe going to be okay to do that if if ryan johnson wants to leave us on a cliffhanger lee and also to i guess piss off the fan base leave the la- the last scene in the last jedi is Ray walking off with Kylo. Oh. Then it fades to black. And you don't know what the hell's going on. Well, one thing he has said, he's maintained for a while, is that he's, he wants The Last Jedi to feel like its own satisfying experience. So right. I, I guess he's probably got a few plot threads running that maybe one or two could end cliffhangery while the others right. feel like they're, they're satisfying. I think right. that's, he's trying to have his cake and eat it too there a little bit. I but, mean, uh, wow, yeah, that that that's one way to leave p- us pulling our hair out for two years. Right. But if I'm saying I'm just saying if I was Ryan Johnson, I would I would get I would get J.J. back just a little bit because <laughs> J.J. left him hanging there at the end of Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson should just go, you know what, J.J., this is the way I'm ending The Last Jedi. Have fun. Write your way to this one. Yeah. <laughs> so. But hey. You know, I'm not, I have no idea, but I just say, you know, if they want to leave it on a cliffhanger, that would be no better cliffhanger to leave it on where you don't know what Ray's status is. You don't know what Kylo's status is. Because everyone was saying that, oh, maybe Kylo's the one that goes to the light and Ray does go dark. Who knows? Maybe you have them very possible. together, you don't know. So. I wonder if the cliffhanger is, you know, we we've seen in trailer shots where uh, Snoke is maybe uh, tor- mentally torturing Ray using the Force. Yeah. I wonder if if he's somehow uh, planted something in her head, some kind of seed of uh, of the uh. dark side or something. And as the movie ends, you just see this dark look on Ray's face, and it fades out. Yeah. Just teasing an imminent turn to the dark side. Right. Yeah, as long as, you know, you know, they they bring her back around, which I think 
with JJ finishing up the saga or the this trilogy here, I think he would do that because I know a lot of people were disappointed that they didn't give the last one to Ryan Johnson, but I was like, hey, JJ's the one that created these new characters. And, you know, maybe he should be the one to end it. Maybe he should be the one to, you know, rate the ending for his new characters. So Yeah, that's that's fair. And, and I don't think, you know, being the Star Wars fan JJ is, I don't think he will, you know, hopefully he won't let his new uh, hero become the bad guy at the end of nine. So, you know, I think he'll write a good ending for Ray. Oh yeah. I, well, he, he better. Yeah. <laughs> and give, given have... how popular she's become and what yeah. she means to, I mean, to all fans, but specifically to, to women fans and, and young women, young girls. Yeah. There, I don't know if, if any of these people have the nerve to take her flip her to the dark side and leave her there. Right. I think they'd just be voluntarily stepping into a wasp nest that would would really tarnish their, their reputations for a long time. Yeah. Piss off a lot of fans, I know that. I'd be one of them. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can turn Ray to evil and leave her there. No. I just don't think you can do that. No. No, so I, I know you you're a longtime Star Wars fan. No doubt there are other faces and names that you probably agonized over. And you probably had some personal stories maybe that you wanted to get on this list too. How far down this list was, say, Carrie Fisher, for example? She would have been the next next one. Yeah. Carrie slash Leia would have been the next one for sure. And then, of course, you know, right behind her would have been Harrison Ford. And The, the names just keep coming, right? <laughs> yeah. I even had um, – I, I, I was even really – debate whether to even put Daisy Ridley Ray on there. Yeah, such as uh, such has been her impact, right? She's yeah, just smashed like an asteroid in the last two years. I mean, Luke was my first first hero when I was a kid, my all time favorite character, and then right after I saw TFA, I was telling my wife, I'm like, holy crap, Ray just jumped up to like number two. For me as favorite characters. And yeah. she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. I said, you you tell you watch that movie and tell me you don't fall in love with her right away. So. Yeah, Daisy uh, Ridley was charming. She was vulnerable. She was believable. Right. She's all, she was all those things. And yeah, I, I was saying the same things, walking out saying, I don't think I've ever been invested in a character's story the way I am in Ray's right now. Like, what yeah. unbelievable potential they have with this character yep yep so i mean it's an embarrassment to riches for us star wars fans there's so many names and faces to choose from we've got yeah. another movie coming a week away that might elevate some others or introduce completely new people to the mix and then we have ryan johnson's new trilogy coming out years from now which promises to you know, disconnect from all of this skywalker stuff how, right. how does that make you feel the stepping away entirely mm -hmm. From what we know, I'm excited actually. Yeah, get, get, give me a give me a whole new story. Give me a whole new story with new characters. I mean, and if you want to, you could like refer back to some old characters, but 
give me new ones. Because I'm really digging, you know, when I saw The Force Awakens, I was really digging all the new characters that we got. I don't think there was one new character, really, that I did not enjoy. I enjoyed Ray, Finn, Poe, Kylo. I enjoyed Phasma, and I hope we get a lot more of her in this one. Hux? So, did you like Hux? Yeah, Hux was okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the way that he was, um, I'm trying to find the right word. He was sort of the, you know, the hothead. You could get under his skin real easy. You know, when Kylo was giving him a couple of jabs there, he would turn around, you know, may, maybe, you know, Snoke should have used a clone army. Turn around. My men are exceptional. Yeah, he did not yeah. like that jab. Yeah. So I, you know, I just pictured the, you know, the Kylo Hux relationship as a brother relationship. So, you know, big brother and little brothers vying for daddy's attention and approval. So I kind of enjoyed that. But yeah, I like out of the major characters that we were introduced to in Force Awakens, I don't really think I'd you know, dislike any of them. So, you know, as long as they can continue with that, I'll be very happy. Because, I mean, it looks like, you know, Rose looks like she's going to be an awesome character. You know, palling around with Finn there on their mission. So. Yeah, she no doubt looks like she'll be a lot of fun. And I I find it interesting how we've not seen very much of her at at all in trailers or TV spots. That that's getting me to thinking maybe she does have a bigger role and you know they do not want to show show us. Yeah, they've because... they've kept a lot of things to the vest. I'm I'm happy about that. And maybe she's yeah, maybe they're they're intentionally shielding her from us. Yeah, come on. This is a what, two hour and thirty minute movie that, you know, we've only seen what, two minutes of in a trailer? Yeah, and maybe maybe five and stitch it all together, but yeah, it's 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 a small percentage of the movie. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I love too when people go, they're showing us too much. I'm like, it's a two minute trailer. <laughs> the movie's two and a half hours. Yeah, what are you talking about? They didn't show us too much. I mean, if they showed us like the major like spoilers in a trailer, yeah, I would be upset. But they're not showing us too much. We we don't even know the plot from these right. trailers. We we have no really no idea what this movie is. If I mean, maybe we do now since you know if you follow spoiler reports or you know if you listen to our podcast, we've kind of beaten enough stories into the ground that we've we kind of figure we have a a skeleton of the of the movie. But if you're just somebody who's sitting at home and you just watch the TV spots as they come around, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, there's no way to. I mean that. Actually, the main thing I want to know out of the trailer is who's flying the Falcon. That's what I want to know. Because oh, Chewie's man. sitting in the co-pilot seat. You got the poor going the dashboard. There's someone in that pilot seat. I and have I'm... a theory, but I don't know that this is the place for it. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say who I think it is and I who I hope it is. I'll, I'll tell you offline. I'll tell you once we're done here. Okay. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Well, Jeffrey, I think I think we kind of are done, unless you have anything else you want to throw in there, honorable mentions of any sort? 
Uh, honorable mentions, I guess there, there's two of them for nowadays who would be faces for Star Wars would be Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger since, you know, they're the ones that are the head cheese now. And to think that there there are people out there, there are entire groups out there saying you know, boycott Star Wars or Disney is ruining yeah. Star Wars. Like, what are you talking about? Star no, Wars, you can argue that Star Wars has never been better. Right. It's certainly yeah. never been more present. That is that is for sure. When I first started hearing those those things, I just had to laugh. I was like, really? I said, there are Star Wars fans that will not see these new movies because Disney bought them. Yeah, I just, yeah, sure. I just feel bad for them people. There, they go. <laughs> yeah, they go. All I, these groups I that guarantee. claim to boycott, nah, they they go. They just go quietly. Right. I guarantee they've seen the movie. They of won't course. tell you that they've seen it, but they see the movie. It's useless to resist. They go. That's right. Yep, yeah, and you know, Star the Star Wars brand is in good hands with Bob Iger, at least for the next couple of years, and, and Kathleen yeah. Kennedy. Long may she reign. Be interesting to see who he picks as the next uh president there at Disney. That will be interesting. That will be absolutely interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on. Worthy of recognition. It was it was a thrill to th- talk to you, my friend. Yeah, same here. So why don't you go ahead and tell us all where we can find you on Twitter and plug your podcast. Plug the Canto Cast. Let us know where we can find you and when you guys publish and all that stuff. Sure. If you want to follow me individually on Twitter, it's at JediFish. And Fish is spelled F-I-S-C-H. And um, my podcast is The Canto Cast. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, and I'm pretty sure whatever podcatcher app you have. Um, we are sort of like a, my co-host Tristan one, actually wanted to try to find a host, you know, from a different generation of Star Wars. Of course, I'm OT generation. Tristan is actually 17-year-old high school student. And well, and that's that, I think that's the thing that makes CantoCast unique among all the hundreds of Star Wars podcasts out there is is that that gap and yet you guys yeah. you guys do a great job of you don't fall into that trap of well I'm an OT guy and all your stuff is junk right you you guys don't do that at all no no that's no. It's, it's it's a fun podcast good conversations like listening to you guys yeah. um yes yeah, so that's cantocast and yeah you can find that one if you want to follow our Twitter feed one for the CantoCast, it's at CantoCast. So follow us, follow us there. And right now we don't have a regular day that we actually publish. We've been trying to publish every weekend, Saturday or Sunday, because we try to like to record on Friday nights. But lately we've been had we've had technical difficulties. Uh, Tristan's processor kind of like. <laughs> went kablooey so oh boy he's trying to get that fixed well he's getting that fixed we he is running on his original pc so hopefully the one that we just released sounds okay 
Um, but yeah, we, we, we try to release every week and usually it's on the weekend. So it's either Saturday or Sunday. You'll see a new episode pop up and I know our next episode will be, we'll be recording that Saturday morning. So hopefully that'll be up on Sunday. That will be full of the last Jedi predictions and just getting up the last of your excitement. Probably we, we actually have our first guest on this upcoming episode. It's um, a YouTuber by the name of hello Greedo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice score. Yeah. I, you know, so, I heard Tristan talk about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Tr- Tristan actually knows him and the one, he was one of Tristan's um, inspirations for starting a podcast and a YouTube channel. So be really cool to have him on. He's a, he's a, he's got a funny channel. Yeah. Yeah. I've checked it out. It's pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah. And then of course, you know, down the line, um, I have lined up Brian and Shelby from hyperspace pod blast. And of course, hopefully here, probably after the holidays, we'll have yourself and Corey on. Well, that would be a pleasure. We'll try and we'll try and wrestle that cat up over there. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll drag him into the Canto Cast, no problem. Yeah, and I, you know, would love to would love to have James too, but you know, he's off doing his own thing now with the Lord of the Rings. So that was well. You know what? We can we'll we'll put the invite out there for him, and if he if he's free, yeah. he's he, James is always welcome to to jump in wherever the tumbling saber goes. James is welcome to come. All right, Jeffy, this is where we say goodbye, but before we go, I just I wanted to say thank you for being a powerful friend. It it means an awful lot to to myself and to the Tumbling Saber team that you help uh, underwrite our efforts and, and help us keep the hamster wheel turning. So thank you, Jeffrey. You're welcome. All right, so we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah. All right, guys, there goes Jeffrey from CantoCast. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Worthy of Recognition. And that's going to be it for Powerful Friends Friday and if you're looking to get some questions into us for uh, episode 105 now is the time to do it so until episode 105 everybody have a great weekend we'll talk later